coming at you live from Austin, Texas, where I'm staring at the real-time conditions for the electrical grid, and folks, it just really underscores the foolish futility of relying on wind and solar to power your electrical grid. Now, let's get this straight. Who wouldn't, if we could harness the sun appropriately, who wouldn't want to just stick an 8 by 8 foot um, panel a glass panel on their roof and power their house for days at a time just by harnessing the sun. It would be miraculous. It would save so much money. It would save um, so much pollution, obviously, and that's a huge thing for the climate folks. But the technology just isn't there. And solar, obviously, on a cloudy day, when the sun goes down, it goes to zero, and no one's figured out how to store the energy in a battery. But the big thing today is wind. And we've had record heat down here in Texas, um, I think close to 20, 100 degree days in the month of June, something close. And it's been windy for the first couple weeks of June, and we were fine, ERCOT the uh, electrical provider for 26 million Texans here. Um, 90% of the state is managed under ERCOT's jurisdiction, and they were doing fine. But you know what? Just like uh, with solar, with a cloudy day, you can't count on it. With wind, on a light breeze day, or when the wind goes to zero, there's just no electricity being generated. I mean, right now... uh, I'm looking at the current system conditions. Wind and solar combined are creating a supply issue, and the demand is staying the same. If you go go to uh, teddybroosevelt.substack.com, you'll see I have three articles, not one, not two, but three, on Bitcoin miners. They all moved here. A ton of them moved here. Like, Doubled like 15% of the industry moved here. They got kicked out of China, they got kicked out of India, they got kicked out of Iran. They just the state of New York just banned them unless they're connected basically right to a windmill or a solar field, solar panel field. So they're not there. Meanwhile, Governor Abbott and Ted Cruz. Um, They just got suckered by these crypto bros. They have a ton of money, obviously, for lobbyists. And they've convinced these guys that crypto is the future. And it's using a ton of energy. Just in 2022, obviously, the price of Bitcoin went from 60000 to now it's hovering around 2021. Um, So you don't hear a lot about the Bitcoin miners turning off their energy-sucking vampire headquarters. Um, and it's it's seriously creating, it's it's not a small amount. It's four to five percent, um, you know, experts are guessing, four to five percent based on the amount of Bitcoin mining that you can see is happening in the United States and the percentage that's now happening specifically in the state of Texas. Why? Because of cheap electricity. But people don't under, understand there's going to be a huge ERCOT's forecasted to invest $4.5 billion, with a B, um, into upgrading the grid. You need new transformers. You need new power lines to get the electricity 
to these Bitcoin mining operations, enormous ones around the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. They're putting them in West Texas. There's a proposed one here in Austin that would use 66% of the city's current annual energy consumption. Think about that. I mean, a year and a half ago, not even, 15 months ago, snowpocalypse, power went out for millions of people in Austin, uh, uh, in, in Texas, and, and everyone I knew in Austin pretty much lost their power, and then we lost water, and you were plunged into a survival situation. I knew people who were burning furniture uh, to survive. <laughs> they didn't plan that well, but... um. I'm looking right now. The total wind and solar output is literally, you know, they were saying it was 30 to 50% last week. Now it's like 7 to 8%. Wind output is 3477. I think this is megawatts. And the solar is 8,700. So just the whole system demands 71,000, whatever unit it is, megawatt, gigawatt, I think it's gigawatt. 71,000 and solar combined or solar and wind combined are 10. Now wind goes down to like 1800. So imagine that the, and the and the system demand this is in like 3 hours. The system demand is going to be like 74 75 and uh wind's going to drop another 3000. So the Texas grid seriously if it was hot out it's only in the 90s today. First time it's been in the 90s for a while. They'd be in serious danger of the grid collapsing due to lack of wind. I mean, if it was a rainy day and it's supposed to rain at four, that's the thing is if, if when it rains today and the wind is light, it's, it's insanity that we're even having this discussion in the state of Texas. The energy grand poobah. I mean, I guess you could say Saudi Arabia, these Middle East countries, Dubai. But it's Texas, man. It's huge. It's bigger than Saudi Arabia and Dubai combined with the oil. And then we have the largest wind farms, certainly in North America, if not the world. Um, but I'm looking at the resource power potential for wind tomorrow. It's literally 1,089 megawatts. And the system demands 7475. Wind is 1,000. So one out of divided by 71, what's that? 1.28? I'm going to say off the top of my head, 1.33% of the electrical grid is being uh, provided by wind. Um, and that looks like it's in the morning when the sun is still not even up. So just the fact that we have to um, have this discussion about the grid going down on a day in the mid-90s due to light winds. These are things that are out of our control, folks. The weather, a tornado, a volcano going off, whether it rains or not. I mean, they are seeding the clouds now. The government in New Mexico, I don't know if you saw that. They're seeding the clouds because they haven't had rain out there in the southeastern part of New Mexico. I don't think in 2022, maybe three drops and a huge uh, thing. So they're seeding the clouds and they'll have rain. But you can't control when it's sunny and rainy for the most part. You can't control the clouds for sure. Um, and you can't control when it's windy and when it's not. And you look tomorrow at seven in the morning, seven in the morning, six in the morning, the wind is at a thousand and the sun isn't even up in most of the state. So there's plenty of natural gas 
and there's plenty of oil. And it will go to a global thing right now with Joe Biden with the letter of the oil executives and the um, their, their pushback. It takes a tremendous amount of money to invest in a refinery. There, there's been a, a refinery, an oil refinery built in the United States in decades. Like I think since the late 70s. So they can't automatically just build the infrastructure and and start cranking out oil. It's it's a massive operation. The other thing, people aren't investing, the big seven oil firms aren't investing in new drilling and new exploration when the Biden administration's made perfectly clear, and they don't know who's going to win yet in 2024 or 2028, that they want fossil fuels over with. And they're trying to accelerate everything um, way too quick. The infrastructure's just not there. Everyone would love it if we could run our whole energy grid and power grid on wind, hydro, and solar. It would be a miracle. And who knows, we could have Moore's Law with solar panels and someone could develop, um, let's just say a solar panel that can harness and store. That's the key thing. Harness and store like a hundred times more of the, of the power. Then you're then then we're talking about something that could be revolutionary. But right now there is no battery. No one's figured out how to store solar energy. Really, you can you can in a little phone, you know, little phone charger. But there, no one's figured out how to build a massive battery to store up solar energy on weeks like when it's the summer solstice the sunniest uh, time of the year and save it for cloudy or rainy days. You've got to use solar and you've got to use wind as soon as they're created. And that's 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 what these um, people who are pushing the Green New Deal, they simply don't understand that they're, they're, they're playing with literal fire and they're playing with lives because as we transition more and more to wind and solar the grid is becoming more and more at risk it's a perilous situation where if the grid goes down in the middle of the summer and during a string of 105 degree days now imagine that it, it just happened so I've, I've lived through it it was only 15 16 months ago but you don't have ac in the summer in texas air conditioning you don't have refrigeration you don't have a way to cool anything down. Now imagine if you have babies or elderly people, that's just simply, uh, they, they can't survive. So you can't, uh, if, if no one has power, how are you gonna pay for anything if you don't have cash? A lot of people are all, you know, mobile apps, Apple Pay, Google Pay, ATM, debit card, credit card. What percentage of transactions are those, 90? How many people pay in cash these days? It's very rare that, that, that people pay in cash. So it's going to be literally a, it, it would be like a Hurricane Katrina times a million because so many people would have to leave. 80% of Texas, at least 75, is in between, I think it's 80% of the population, is in between that I-35 corridor, um, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston. So you have one main road, if you're in Austin or San Antonio, you got to drive several hundred miles to even get out of the state of Texas. You're driving a couple hundred miles to get to Louisiana, 
Arkansas, Oklahoma, you name it. So considering the Texas grid is separate that we learned, you know, it's separate from the rest of the United States, we can't ask people for electricity and and ask them for help. And they said we were five minutes away from the grid going down. So the whole point is they're putting our lives at stake by embracing this Green New Deal when we simply don't have the technology, the infrastructure. It's just not advanced enough. It's not capable enough. It's not reliable enough. And we just had a huge surge in the population. How many people moved to Texas this decade, last two years? A million easily, probably more. Austin, probably a quarter million people, just with all the tech companies, Oracle's headquarters, Tesla's headquarters, um, and Elon Musk is moving everything here. Boring companies now in Bastrop, Texas, about 15 miles outside of Austin. He's got SpaceX. He's building the corporate headquarters here, the launch pads a couple hundred miles south. So it's booming, and that takes a lot of electricity. And I really can't stress enough. Go to teddybroosevelt.substack.com. Do a search for Texas Bitcoin miners. Or you'll see, I think they're two of the more popular posts. I think they're the mo- on the most read list. Um, and you can read. I'm not trying to be chicken little. Not trying to be the boy who cried wolf. No, this is some real serious shit. That you're putting 26 million people's access to power in jeopardy due to light winds or lack of sun or a cloudy day. How ridiculous is that going to seem when we had plenty of oil, natural gas, coal, nuclear? You know, people should be talking about investing more in nuclear facilities. No, they want to build more wind turbines and more solar panels. So let's not even get started. Yeah, we can get started. This might just be an all-environmental ERCOT um, episode real quick. We're going to do this for 20 minutes because I've got to get some uh, some of these posts up onto an audio uh, platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You'll probably be hearing this on one of those. Uh, maybe you are listening to one of those right now. So anyways, i got to put my tech hat on. Um, speaking of tech, no one's figured out how to effectively recycle, that's right, recycle the wind turbines and the solar panels. Uh, the wind turbines, they have a life expectancy of 15, maybe 20 years. That's what they tell you. But in Europe, you know, where they, you know, wind turbines are pr- pretty new. Like the first round in Texas, the first like huge investment wasn't until like 2001, 2003. Then Rick Perry embraced it. Embraced wind. Now Texas is like the number one wind producer in the world. But we're getting to the close to where the lifespan of these turbines, the propellers, the three huge things that spin around, and they're massive. They've got to be replaced. It takes like $200,000 to decommission one of these turbines. And there's just graveyards um, out in West Texas of these huge ass wind turbine propellers that no one knows what to do there's like fiberglass i guess there's wiring in there they could they can get at now and try and recycle it but there there, there's no industry person where you send like all of your old wind turbines to and then they strip everything off and send you a check it's just it's just they, they don't have a plan 
and you're literally talking about millions of blades across the United States. None of these climate people mention the wind turbines and the landfills. And these are massive things that take, you know, epochs. I mean, like Jurassic era, you know, dinosaur eras that are like thousands of years old. That's how long they take to, to break down and decompose. They never decompose. And then solar panels are even worse. You want to talk about some nasty, noxious, harmful, deadly chemicals? Those solar panels, and they have to be replaced. They don't last forever. So no one's really figured out a way to, you know, re-engineer those or reverse engineer those to take all of the components out and reuse them or recycle them. So you've got a ton of solar panels contributing to the landfill as well. So no one talks about that. Um, but the most important thing is you had local TV stations like KXAN here in Austin interviewing an, quote, energy expert. Who did they get? Oh, a guy from Environment Texas, Luke Metzger. Uh, you know, he probably married a tree. I think he's engaged to a live oak right now. And they asked this, quote, unquote, energy expert. He goes, oh, yeah, without wind and solar, the grid would go down. Wind is wind is solar is providing 30 to 50% of the energy right now. And he was right. It was like the summer solstice combined with the windiest day ever. And it gets super windy in West Texas. And it was the peak demand. So it was just like a green New Deal person's delight. And they love to cherry pick the data on a day like that. Then they're nowhere to be found. I've been tweeting at this guy. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at underscore Teddy Roosevelt. I've been tweeting at Luke Metzger. Hey, Luke what's up now like where do you guys what do you where do you guys stand on the day when wind power is only producing like 1.2 percent of the demand and then the price of electricity soars you're gonna see that in your personal electric bill if you live in texas and are listening to this you'll see it don't worry and oh by the way the price of wholesale electricity in texas has increased dramatically too almost um doubled from from 2021 and then when wind and solar don't show up for work, and not only do they not show up for work, they're just almost at, like, wind is almost at zero. And then so if you have the sun hasn't risen and the wind's at zero and the demand has increased from all these people, you're literally talking about the grid going down due to foolish decisions and negligence and the refusal to admit, you know, under Obama, they all got subsidies, they all got sweetheart deals, where it was better to build these turbines that were hardly generating any energy, and especially, you know, they're super unreliable on a day like today, it was more profitable and lucrative to go into that business. Just look at First Solar and how much money they blew through, or what, Solera? I mean, there's a bunch of these that, that just burn through free government money, and it's just not working. And here's the deal. People need to understand the tree huggers. Everyone in the world, every single human in the world would embrace, they would celebrate if solar and wind, um, if a windmill could power your house, if solar panels on your roof and you could store the energy and all you had to do was, you know, if you lived in a place with 200 sunny days, you were fine and you were producing your own energy. Everyone would love that utopia. But in order to do that with solar, like you have to live in 
you know, somewhere where it's sunny almost every day, California, and have the whole yard, you know, you have to have a, 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 a giant amount of space dedicated for the solar panels and, um, and it doesn't store, you know, it doesn't store. So you're going to have to do something else. So people have to understand we would love it. Um, cause it would be cheaper. It would be cleaner. It would be, um, you know, you would be self-sufficient, self-sustaining. You could live, live off the grid. That's the main issue living off the grid is your full fuel and power. You know, are you going to bring a generator out there or just live super primitive by fire? So everyone has to understand we would love it. The technology is not there and the risk reward for transitioning into this green new deal thing the risk is way is is way worse than this this little reward where you get to tap your pat yourself on the back and say oh yeah we're doing something for the environment no 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 you could be plunged into a mad max apocalypse now situation because the grid goes down it's 105 degrees it, let's just say you don't have a car you you get around by uber or um, you know, you're a Gen Z, you live downtown, you, you, you just rely on Uber and scooters and a bike and you're working from home. What are you going to do if the power goes out for an extended period of time? Do you think everyone's going to be super benevolent and help each other out? Or is it going to be a, when the food runs out in like two or three days and people are starving and hot, um, Will it be like a Lord of the Flies, Mad Max thing? I mean, probably the latter. I'd like to hope that everyone was kumbayaing it and uh, and teaming up, but it would probably be um, the the thin veneer of society collapsing, and it would be chaos and uh, like Cro Magnon Man level of ethics. And we we just need to bring awareness. Um, and I'm going to write an article about this today, Substack, teddyroosevelt.substack.com. We need to bring awareness to the fact that um, everything Joe Biden is doing here with the, you have to have a gas, uh, electric charging um, station. Every state has a, until October 1st to submit their plan. You have to have a charging station for electric vehicles every 50 miles. That goes for Wyoming, Colorado, uh, northern Maine, you name it, everyone, West Texas. So think about that. There's 136,000 registered electric vehicles in Texas right now. I would say since the last time, I think they were going by 2020 numbers. Let's just say generously there's 180. Now, I mean, they're building this infrastructure in Texas, they said, to support a million cars uh, within five years. So there's 30 million people in Texas. So if they expect people to switch over to electric cars, the grid that they're building right now is simply, it's there, there's going to be uh, lines to, to, to recharge by 2028, 2029. So they're going to have to go back and do the whole thing over again. But the fact that we're investing literally in Texas $448 million to build this grid um, oh, by the way, we're putting, there. there's 250 counties in Texas, roughly, um, 230 have a registered, uh, at least one registered electric vehicle. There's 20 counties that don't even have a single electric vehicle, and we're going to invest money to put 
charging stations for four vehicles out in somewhere between El Paso and Del Rio. Um, you know, the Coyotes are more likely to recharge um, their electric vehicles. In fact, that's how they might start moving people um, f after they cross the Rio Grande, cross the border. They'll just have electric vehicles since they can get free um, charges courtesy of stupid Joes every 50 miles. And places like Wyoming are like, there's no electric vehicles out there. There's hardly any humans out there on this road. And so Wyoming's like, hey, can we just offer a charge like AAA? We can we can go meet you in the middle uh, uh, of nowhere. So my goodness, uh, they, they keep just making idiotic decisions. Folks, it's 2.45 Central Time, 2.45 p.m. Central Time on Monday, June 27th. We didn't even get into Roe versus Wade abortion, my favorite topic. Teddy might be back with a episode three later on. I've got to do something important from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. First time I have off since I don't even know on a Monday, since I don't even know. So, um, folks, this is going to be available. It's going to be on YouTube for sure. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm going to get it all onto these audio platforms real soon. Um, number one, one place you can go to get updates, teddybrosevelt.substack.com.